Sean McDonald and you're listening to Bleathered. My guest is Jenny Lee. Jenny's mum Margaret was diagnosed with cancer in 2006 and her first thought was to organise charity nights to raise money for other people. Margaret sadly passed away two years later but Jenny and her family have carried on those fundraising efforts right through to 2023. We talk about those fundraising activities, including walking 80 miles in just three days in May this year. Jenny tells me about the brutal reality of losing a parent and how she and her family got through it. And you'll hear Jenny explain some things about cancer that might sound brutal, but knowledge and awareness save lives, and I promise we have a good laugh throughout this episode. I'll be raffling a match-worn Scott Brown Celtic home shirt from the nine-in-a-row season with every penny going to Jenny's fundraising page, which you'll hear about. So keep an eye on my social media to be in with a chance of winning it. And as always, if you enjoy this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. This episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly repayments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash blethered. You can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt senior debt advisor Tommy Gallagher, where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions available. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland, helping you to make an informed choice. So take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. I've just started to realise that for the past four years, I've basically been like Silla Black, because once a week I say to somebody, what's your name, where'd you come from? (laughs) (laughs) Yours is Jenny. Tell me where you come from. Yeah, I'm from Falkirk originally. Right. Um, now living in Coatbridge. All right, whereabouts in Coatbridge? Um, I'm on Bank Street, right next to Time Capsule, basically. All oh, right, right. I used to stay. Giving my address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody <laughs> wants to find you? I used to stay in Coatbridge. Oh, did you? Um, Strawberry Fields. Uh, oh, my, so my partner used to live there. Right, He's, okay. Yeah, so. Right, so I was over, you've got two sides, you've got the main estate, and then yeah. you've got this wee weird street. Right at the side. back. Ah, that's the one I stayed in. Uh, my mum's still got the house, actually. It's a nice wee bit in there. Yeah. That's where my stepkids live. Right, right, okay. live in there. So. Yeah, I liked it. Um, we are going to be talking about you walking 80 miles. That's mental, over three days. But there's yeah. a fantastic reason why you've done it. Yeah. Let's go all the way back to the origins in, in 2006, it would have been then. Yeah, it would have been 2006. So my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, came pretty out of the blue. She just went for a routine mammogram and there was a kind of sinister piece of cancer there basically festering away. So um, she was then getting treatment through the Western General in Edinburgh. Right, okay. And um, she decided to just have a bit of fun with this and go, right, what can we do to raise, raise a bit of fun, yeah. <laughs> raise some funds with this? So she decided to do a charity, Kayleigh, 
So the village where we stayed in Lauriston in Falkirk, um, there was a fish shop, uh, sorry, a fish and chip shop just opening up. Mm-hmm. And she was like, do you fancy doing a charity night and kind of put in an order for 300 fish suppers? <laughs> and they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so they got on board that coincided with the first year that they opened. And then the fish supper Kaylee basically was, was born. Did it become like quite a big thing that yeah. people were... So her idea was like, it's January, everybody's depressed, everybody's skint. So buy your ticket in November, bring all your own bottle, bring your own booze, mm-hmm. just have a big piss up basically and have a big party. And if we can raise some funds in the process, then, you know. Did it raise a good bit of money? It must yeah. have done. So the first year we did six and a half K. Wow. Um, and then going on after that, we were a minimum 10 grand that we would raise every year. Brilliant. Um, so, I mean, up until this year, we had basically put in um, 230,000 into the fund. That's unbelievable, isn't it? That's, yeah. It just showed what what you can achieve what you can achieve if you, you know, from any negative situation, yeah. there is always a sort of positive. I think we'll probably unpack that and explore yeah. that further as we go on. Your yeah. mum, what was your mum like? She sounds like, she sounds amazing to me if that was her first thought was let's raise money for others. Aye, and how can we have a good time doing it? <laughs> you know, that basically yeah. sums it up. But my mum was amazing. She was, well, she was only 50 when she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was a fitness instructor. She was like, she would light up a room, any room she was in. You know, she was just the life and soul. Mm-hmm. She was really positive, even with everything that she went through. Um, but aye, she was just like, people of like, my family all go, she was mental, you know, but in a really good way, yeah, you know. All she the was best just, people are, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's it. Um, she'd throw her hands at anything and it just shows you that this can kind of strike down every, anybody. Mm-hmm. I was at a, a fundraising dinner for the, the Beatson, must have been like two, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and the, uh, I think it was like the chief exec or the chairman of the Beatson uh, Cancer Charity, was it, he spoke before it and he was saying like, I can't remember the figure, right? But let's just say it's one in four people are affected by cancer in, in the life in the lifetime. Yeah. But then they've got I say that's maybe half a million people a year. But they've got partners, they've got parents, that's they've got it. sons and daughters and friends, and it's like actually every single person in one way or another is is sort of impacted by it. Yeah. And that's exactly the way that we've kept this going because yeah, like we've watched so to even go back further, my mum's sister was diagnosed when she was just forty one. With mm-hmm. breast cancer. And she's absolutely fine. She's through it. She's here. Mm-hmm. But I always remember my mum saying, this is easier to go through it, me being diagnosed, mm-hmm. instead of watching someone else go through it. Yeah. And my auntie was the same. She said, it's harder to watch my wee sister go through this than it was for me to go through it. Because you know how you feel. You know how you want to, you know, you, you can basically tell people to bugger off if you don't want to talk to them. But yeah. you're on that outside looking in. You don't know what to do for them. I know. I interviewed... Um my girl Zoe, Zoe Croy on him, and she went for a voluntary um, double mastectomy because mm-hmm. she was found to have had the, the cancer gene. Yeah. I mean, I don't want it. This is a probably sounds like a brutal car crash question, but it's is that already something been that, asked. Yeah, is, is that something <laughs> yeah. that crosses your mind? It is, and it's something I can't actually get tested until I'm 37. What, so. Right, what is, this, what is the script here? That So you, you can't get tested until you're 37 because they say that's it, you won't be susceptible until then or what's the reasoning i don't really know i could go privately and get it done now mm-hmm. um i don't know the ins and outs of it but they say it's seven years or five years from the youngest person in your family to be diagnosed so that would take me back to 37 right okay from the 41 
And is that what a mammogram? I mean, forgive my ignorance here. It's more of a female thing, is it? But yeah. that's a mammogram is just to check that there's everything's all okay. Yeah, basically, you you start getting mammograms when you're fifty. Right. Um, just as a standard, but if there's any history or any issues, my mum actually started getting mammograms because she'd had a breast reduction right. um, in 2000, just because it was just causing her bother. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a complete freak mammogram that picked this up. Right. And it actually looked like it was really, um, it wasn't sinister. It was in the milk ducts. It was, it was a, a thing called DCIS, um, ductal carcinoma in situ. And it was just something that was sitting under, you know, underlying. It wasn't anything that was sinister. But because of the family history, mm -hmm. they said, right, we'll do a double mastectomy. And my mum just, oh, she said they would do one mastectomy. And she went, just take them both off. God. <laughs> she went, they've caused me no end to bother. Just take them both off and do my reconstruction. So she's like, I'll get a tummy tuck out of it as well, you know. <laughs> Constant positive. It's just her mentality. She was like, just do it. And then... It was about three weeks before she went in for her um, pre-op and there was a wee kind of lesion showing on her skin and they were like, oh, that looks a bit sinister. Mm. Um, did some more tests and it turned out it was a stage three and it was a breast cancer but showing in her skin. Right. So there was no lump, there was nothing obvious. She didn't feel unwell, she didn't feel anything herself and it was only because of this little lesion that... So the ma the system works is yeah. my point. You know mm -hmm. the mammograms go for them. Like yeah. it works, it catches things early. Do you know I don't I don't know if it's through fear. It's definitely not ignorance, but I don't know. If, I think it's probably through fear that I actually don't know what cancer does to a person. You just hear someone dies of cancer, and I'm like I don't. I've yeah. never thought. Oh, tell you what, I'm that I find that really. So I remember having this conversation with my auntie actually, and she had said to her husband, "I hate the thought of." things eating away at her and he went that's not what it is it's things grow on the organs so it almost overtakes rather than eats away it grows on them and it oh. just I always yeah, thought it was eating away. eating away I think that's the kind of misconception isn't it but mm -hmm. everybody just thinks oh that's eating away at her because it's the yeah. term that we use it's such an uncomfortable thing isn't it nobody wants to go should we have a sit down and we'll have a wee chat and kind of figure out exactly what it is because you just kind of for me anyway I'm always like ignorance is bliss yeah. a lot of things yeah. and you're like i know it's horrific and people might listen to this and be like are you joking mate <laughs> but it's just one of those things i've thought and i've never want wanted to go looking for that information so it basically it'll grow and then it'll stop the organs working then basically that's my understanding of it again don't right. take that as gospel <laughs> <laughs> what how how did you all react to it because did you ask questions like that first of all because i know it's it's kind of conjuring up brutal memories but i ask it because i always think you never know who's listening who might be at the start of that point. And that's exactly why I'm happy to speak about it because mm. it's something that I've processed and, you know, I've, my mum's been been gone for about 15 years. So mm. it's, you know, it's something that I've kind of, it's taken a while to process, but you do. But it's not until you look back that you realise how much of an impact it had. I had just started uni, so I was 17. And I remember just thinking, I'd moved out and I was thinking, right, okay, that, this is what's happening. But I had just watched my auntie go through it. Yeah. And it had been a positive outcome. She was going through it at the time, but it wasn't something that I was particularly scared of. I don't know if my mum and dad would be the same. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, and it, it's oh. something that we've never really unpacked, I suppose. They've maybe see, been there and seen that movie before, whereas you yeah. hadn't fully. Yeah. So, and my mum being my mum, she would just protect us in any way she could. You know, I've got an older sister and it would be, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and you just go, oh, she's all right. She's fine. You know, you're, you're aware of what it is, but she just did that motherly thing and protected you. Mm. But, I mean, it was, it became your life. Like, when I look back now, it was three years of, right, what's the next hospital appointment? What's the next test result you've got to get? And it was funny because I think my mum and I were quite similar in that the limbo stage of waiting on results was the worst thing. Oh, You're thinking yeah. worst case. Whereas my dad and my sister might have gone, well, we'll deal with that when it, you know. So when my mum's then getting the worst news, she's going, right, what's next? What's the plan? Whereas my dad might go, oh my God, you know, and it's, it's hitting him for the first pla- mm-hmm. first time. So it's completely different ways of dealing with it. But if you've got that support network around you, you can pull each other through. Did you find that it made you closer? Yeah, definitely. I think, God, there's a lot of it I don't really remember. To be honest, when you're, when you're asking things like that, we were always a pretty close family anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely. It, it certainly brought like mum's friends in a bit closer, mm-hmm. you know, other family, extended family members. Yeah, definitely. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Where it's, you think, oh, this is great. We're all coming a bit closer together and you people appreciating each other more or showing it, but it takes something, yep. something as brutal as that. I, to... I mean, we're saying that, like, it, it turned out about three and a half years that it was that she lived with it. But the first probably two and a half years, she was still just living. Like she was at that gym. She was on, you know, going to spinning classes. And she actually said, I totally get why people take steroids. She's like, I'm <laughs> buzzing. We were like, right, stop. You know, just <laughs> right, stop. She's like, I could just keep going and going and going. She redecorated the house. You know, she was just like a Duracell bunny. So is that because like medication to give you strength? Or? Yeah. So basically there, our chemo would be in um, like three week cycles. Mm-hmm. So right. you would start off with the, you know, first week she would get her chemo and they would give her steroids and she'd be like up on the ceiling, you know, she couldn't stop. And then on day maybe five, she'd kind of crash. So when they say steroids, what what exactly? Because like, I remember being younger and my gran saying she was on medication, like, yeah, I'm on steroids. And I'm like, in my head, like, is she fucking bench pressing or something? <laughs> I just, I don't know about it. <laughs> like, I just, again, it's one of those things where you, you take it as like, okay, that's that thing. But I've never actually delved into like what it is or what, what it, it is. Does. Well, again, I, sp- I suppose a steroid is just one of those things that anyone can take. Right. You know, you, we generally hear it because people are abusing them at the gym, mm-hmm. essentially. But like people will use them every day, steroid creams to cream, like, you know, to clear up eczema right. and things oh, yeah. like that. So... Uh. Yeah, it's just something that was giving them, giving her that energy. Did she, did your mum set up any other sort of charity things? Because I feel like, well, the fish shopper Kayleigh is probably the most prominent. I feel like she would just be constantly looking for other things to do and to raise money. I think if she had more time, she probably would have. Mm. She ended up only getting two Kayleys and then she died. She died on the 3rd of January and we had the Kayleigh on like the 17th of January that year. Because she'd organised it all and she said, you better still have this. (laughs) They were like, oh God. But actually, it was the best thing to do because mm-hmm. everybody, and it just became a, then a celebration of her. Yeah. You know, so it was just that way to go, right, this is what she's doing for We're going to bloody well keep it keep it going, you mm. know? Sort of, I should have been raging at you if you never. Oh, aye. Oh, listen, I wouldn't have even risked it. She just struck <laughs> me down. <laughs> How was that? That must have been. Like, this is a common occurrence when somebody yeah. tells me a story, a story like this, I feel my eyes start kind of filling up. I can't even imagine how you would have felt, but did it just, did it seem sort of full circle in the, in the sense of, oh, this was with her, but now it's for her? Yeah, yeah, that probably sums it up quite nicely. I think you just go through it. You 
And a lot of the time when you are grieving or when you're going through something like that, you don't realize that you're doing it until yeah. you stop and reflect and look back. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like we just, that's how I, I then focused was going, right, what can I do? I need to be mm-hmm. focused on something and you'd make it the best Kaylee ever kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but we all just came together. And it was never an option to not do it. Yeah. That you saying about focusing and, and thinking, right, what am I doing? It kind of reminds me of something I've been thinking about that everything is energy and you can have positive energy and you, you can feel, I don't know, you can even feel bad about life. And it's like directing that energy into something, taking it out of you and putting it into something else. And it's kind of, it must be cathartic. Yeah. Just to, to, to put it somewhere and to yep. have something to focus on. Definitely. And again, to then see that from the likes of the, Fish and chip shop I was talking about. Yeah. Um, so let's be honest, they must have been fucking buzzing as well, man. They've been absolutely. making a fortune. <laughs> yeah, they're making a fortune. But then again, it shows you what they do. So then because they had had such a good relationship with my mum, yeah. basically every year after that, they went out to suppliers, they went out to everybody that they could, and they reduced the prices. Oh, so brilliant. they would take a fraction of the price. Yeah. So again, like, yeah, they were doing it for them, but, you know, and they were obviously covering their costs, but they were making no profit in it. And you're like, you're yeah. shutting down a counter for the full night yeah. to get 300 and I think it was 320 fish suppers, it turned out in the end. What's it, what, is it still going, the chippy? Oh no, because, oh, oh the chippy's still going, yeah, yeah, still sorry, going, yeah. yeah. So say where it is and yeah, who they so, are so that if anybody nearby can go and spend money absolutely. with them. Absolutely, they're the best chippy ever. It's Benny T's in Lauriston in Falkirk, just up from... Falkirk Football Stadium, right, if okay. anyone ever goes near there. Well, some people will. <laughs> some people will. Less frequent now than yeah. on the, pre- the Premiership. Yeah. Um, well, if anybody's in Lauriston or in Falkirk and you're looking for a chippy, then get yourself to Benny T's. Because yeah, they've, that, that, I mean, that, they would get my business for life after doing something like that. I feel yeah. so bad for saying I'm making a fortune off it now. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I had to correct you. <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry, Benny T's. I, I, I really apologise. Um, what age would you have been then at this point? So this would have been 2008, 2008 that your mum passed away? Yeah, yeah, so I was, I had just had my 21st. Ugh. Yeah. yeah, and I remember mum saying, oh, I made it to your 21st. And we were like, but keep going, you know, yeah. we need to keep going. But to be honest, with the type of cancer that my mum had, um, and this is where the, the Western comes from, she got put on a clinical trial. Right. Um, so they discovered that she was HER2 positive, which is... A protein, let me get this right, you can't detect it. Listen, you live and breathe it for long enough. (laughs) Like you start, but there's so much that I'm I'm worried I get wrong. But it's basically a gene that produces a protein to constantly feed the cancer. Right, okay. So, but only once a cancer is detected in your body can you test for that gene. Right. So you can't get that tested Mm. previously. A cancer's got to be there for this to pop up. Right, okay. Right. So the clinical trial was to go on. She was the first person in she was the first person in the UK to go on one of them, and she was the second person in Europe to go on another wow. trial. And just, I feel like that probably sums her right up. Totally <laughs> trailblazer. Like, totally, just go for it. Um, and this Herceptin basically attacks the protein, right? And it shrunk. It shrunk her cancer. Mm-hmm. And that was on through the trial. And that drug now, Herceptin, is now out there. People are using that every day. And I'm like, what a legacy. You know, that is, that's proper. That's amazing, that, isn't it? Like, that's the way you've got to look at it. Mm. And what we're now looking at is, you know, younger generations, whether that's me and my sister, whether that's my niece, whether that's my stepgirls, you know, there's just, if that's now there, keep putting money into this research because it saves lives. 
That's the thing, and that's what I wanted to ask about. So you've so far and, and counting what you put in two hundred and thirty thousand pounds. That's unbelievable. And you always hear cancer research, cancer research. Since I was old enough to speak, you would see adverts in TV and to know what was going on. And again, I've always been like, just what is it they're researching? Aye. But that's the type of thing they're researching. Well, that's it. And again, my mum kind of didn't want to go down the generic route, and you know, I, I use that loosely, but of cancer research yeah. or breast cancer UK. She wanted it to go into where she was treated. Yeah. And then that hub in the Western then spills out across the rest of Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, but we also put in a fraction of the money into St John's in Livingston. Right, okay. And um, that's where my auntie was treated. Right. And she, uh, sorry, they um, fund complementary therapies. So things like Indian head massage, Reiki, um, reflexology mm. for people who are going through it or who have been through it. Mm -hmm. And you get six therapies through it. And again, that's a side of things that, again, you know, it's that way of, okay, in you come, you get the drugs, you pump you full of this, and then we send you off in your merry way. Like, yeah. But you're not over it. You know, there's a huge element that people have still got to deal with. Well, psychological Absolutely. Aspect. But there's not the funding there. There's not the support through the NHS because, mm -hmm. you know, they've not got the money. But if we keep doing that, and it's completely funded from um, charities. So yeah, so That's, we've we've yeah. basically and actually on the walk, my boss's um cousin was walking and she says, Oh my mum had some of those complimentary therapies. She was treated wow. in St. John's. Aye. So it just, you know, made it all as more worthwhile. As more of that human aspect and human caring element. Yeah, the medicine is when it's great and, and yep. I'm sure and I know the doctors and nurses and medical staff do it we love, but yeah, it yep. must make such a such an impact. Massively. And again, like so we we've split it a seventy thirty split on the research and then complementary therapies because the research is really where the life-saving stuff yeah. comes in you know? god that's amazing as well about the about that about the the trial that's really incredible it kind of is a reminder that every pound all does count yeah um the what happened with the folk with Falkirk town hall so, why would the town hall close i don't get that ah, do you know it's been on the cards for a long time is it just i think derelict? it's just They've, so it was basically the, the whole thought process behind the Cayley was a community feel, yeah. but on a bigger scale. Mm. You know, like you want that weekend, a bowling club hall kind of thing, where everybody just comes along and has a good drink and a dance, but you wanted the big dance floor and you wanted it to be like, you know, on a bigger scale. And the town hall was perfect. Yeah. And because it was a council run building, you got a discounted rate. Mm. So, you know, we get peanuts basically. But. I think it's been on the cards for a long time. I think Falkirk Town Hall, you've basically got the Children's Theatre and a couple of other things, and that's... Have they replaced it with anything? It's only just happened. They've, right. So they literally just had their last stint of um, like Children's Theatre at Christmas, and right. then that was it. So when that closure was announced, did that impact your most... What would have been your most recent, Kayleigh? Or was that Well, COVID after? hit. Oh, shit, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Yeah. remember that I, thing yeah i try to forget about that yeah. it's funny when, like sometimes i look at things and it's like you're looking at maybe a list of events that have taken place and then you've got a two-year gap and i'm like what, what, happened? what happened there and you're like oh I shit <laughs> yeah. yeah that thing that we, we lived and breathed every day for two years yeah <laughs> right, okay so that took place yeah what, what was the substitute for that then so we actually did so i've not even mentioned the band fucking zoom like anything zoom i hate it <laughs> no, no we did a facebook live if that makes it any better <laughs> 
<laughs> no, hate that as well. This <laughs> needs must. Uh, well, no, 2020, we managed the Kaylee. So we did, because it was January. Oh, right, So yeah. we managed to get a Kaylee in, and I think we were up to about 15K or something like that oh, we, we took. So that was great. It was almost like the last toury. Um, and then, um, obviously, it happened. we normally start organising in September. Right. We knew there was no way because we were in the middle of lockdown. So... The band who are right behind it, I don't know if you know the band Scary Four. Uh, Artie was telling me about them. Yeah, so my cousin's a drummer right, in Scary okay. Four, obviously right. my mum's nephew. Yeah, yeah. So they've been there from day one as well. Brilliant. It's their preferred charity as well. So anything that they do, they kind of direct them our way. Mm-hmm. So um, they were obviously stuck as well. They couldn't really do much. So they ended up doing a wee kind of Martin Gillespie. He did a wee sing song kind of thing and did a cocktail night and we got some amazing prizes so we got like gig tickets we got um gosh, i can't even remember what the prizes were now but we basically raffled them off and we got five grand nice. so we still managed to put something into the fund brilliant that was 2021 and then but oh, the 22 things kind of started happening, it did it? but again it was restricted on numbers mm-hmm. It was so many, you know, that whole two metre or one metre distance thing. Can not really have a Kaylee two metres apart? No, no, like progressive dance, like, oh, no, no, stand back a bit, you know, it just doesn't work. Plus, I think people were still a bit uneasy. We didn't want to commit to that and then it'd be a total flop. Mm-hmm. So I think there was an element of it as kind of quit when you're ahead. Yeah. Um, but my uncle, he did a, a physical challenge and he did um lighthouse to lighthouse east to west or sorry west to east and he brought in like eight and a half grand brilliant so we've managed to put money into it every year fast forward to this year and um yeah town hall was a a no-brainer that's gone yeah and it kind of went oh god i don't know how we're, what we're going to do at the same time my boss decided to say We've just opened a new branch at Newbridge within our within the Scotland um, depots, and he wanted to do this charity walk from Montrose to Edinburgh, um, hundred miles over three days. And I was like, "You're off your head," <laughs> but he went, "I don't know what we're going to do it for. I need a charity." And I went, "Well, I've got a charity I can suggest," and it, it was literally the week after the town hall shut. Like it couldn't have been more perfect. Ah, that's perfect timing. And it turns out his auntie's been treated as well. She's oh. gone through it all. She's the one that got all the treatments at St. John's. Oh, so right, he said, right. this is perfect. This is really personal to me as well. The stars aligning a wee bit there. Stars aligned. And uh, I unfortunately, it wasn't just a big piss up and a dance. It was, <laughs> you need to go and walk 80 miles. <laughs> I mean, you hear the, the number 80. Mm. That might be lost in some people. Yeah. That would take you ages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would take pure ages. Yeah. It was basically three marathons in three days. That can sometimes be a bit more relatable right. to Aye. people. Because um, yeah. you just hear 80 miles and you go, oh, all yeah, right. Or you say, oh, I'm walking Montrose to Edinburgh and they go, all oh, right, okay. Walking is taxing though. Yeah. Right, so obviously I was just back to London last night. And on Sunday, when I sent that voice note and I was yeah. like, get up, yet it's sunny here. And it's sort of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody's wondering what I'm talking about. It was forecast to be like blue skies in London, 23 degrees, and it was just cloudy every day. Well, Glasgow basked, or Scotland basked in pure roasting hot sunshine. Yeah. So I was rubbing it in, walking about Chelsea. And I walked, um, I did like 11 miles. Yeah. When I sat down, even when I sat that night, I was, even today, I'm still feeling it. It's like two days on. Because I think sometimes walking can be a wee bit more taxing because it's over a longer period. People, yeah. there'll be runners like, mate, shut up. Like, that's not true. But 
on the hips, not just on, on just your whole on your body. Feet. Aye, it's like tough. You're on your feet for so we walked at a decent pace. Um and we were on our feet for about, about seven and a half hours on mm. day one, we were about eight and a half on day two, and we were about again seven again on day three. So what were your two what was your start point, your end point? So Montrose to Edinburgh. Right. So we basically <laughs> I managed to convince him he said, 100 miles over three days, this is you're off your head. Yeah. And he went, well, follow the five coastal path. I was like, that's that's more than 100 miles as well. So we managed to reroute it. And we did Montrose to Broughty Ferry. Then we came down a wee bit. We did Lookers to Anstruther. And then we did um, East Beams to the bridge, basically. We finished on um, the Queen's Ferry Crossing. Brilliant. Um, well, the, the one that you can walk over. <laughs> did, you, did you get a chippy in Anstruther? Because well, you've got that famous chip shop. We do, but apparently it's been taken over and it's rubbish. Is it? So we didn't. We actually... It's we, no Benny Tees, is it? It's no Benny Tees. <laughs> See if I could get Benny Tees there, I would have. But yeah, there was no way of doing that. What was, when, was that, <laughs> this was like maybe a week or two ago? Um, The coronation weekend. So it was oh, just... Oh, right, okay. Aye, just last weekend. And what was the weather like? Horrendous. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrendous. So Friday, we got up and we started at six o'clock. And um, it was all right. It was overcast, but then we got into our growth, and it was just like horizontal rain. <laughs> oh, it's nothing worse, is there? But at, at the end of the day, to be honest, with you, it was better than in basking sunshine because that would have brought a whole host of other issues of dehydration and you yeah, know sunburn just, or whatever else. I'd, but take, I'd take the sunburn and dehydration. I'd be doing that in flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be painful. <laughs> yeah, snorkel just in case. <laughs> well, I mean, needed it, but. No, we made up good time on the Friday and then the Saturday was just like that typical East Coast har. Mm. So it was lovely. It was all right weather-wise, but you couldn't see a damn thing. Aye. <laughs> One of the guys had come up from our Bradford site. He's like, what am I doing? Why am I here? <laughs> Why am I spending my bank holiday weekend in this apparently lovely sunny east coast of scotland and Aye. i can't even see the sea that's why everybody's steaming all the time mate because they have to try and exactly um, take away the pain of this so how many people did it so there were um five of us completed the full thing mm -hmm. um me and my sister-in-law and then there was four like four other guys my boss and three other guys from the work but my boss unfortunately had to pull out after yeah. like 60 miles to be fair to him he shouldn't have even set off on the sunday because he'd gone over in his ankle on the Saturday. Just and give way. Yeah, just, it just went. And it was really, like, it was that proper coastal path on the Saturday. I don't know if you've done it on no. St Andrews. No, um, not But like you're like, you're over the beach, you're over rocks, you're kind of scrambling over parts, which was great, mm -hmm. but very easy. Easy for uh, injury. And he's got ligament damage. And where did you stay? Hotels. And then hotels. Yeah. But, like, my employer, Barrett Steel, they've been amazing. They've just the support they showed behind it. So we stayed up in, in a hotel in Montrose. Um, and then we were in um, the Malmaison in Dundee. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. And then we stayed at um, Coconquer or Canucker Castle, right. whatever, wherever you're from, how you pronounce it, I think. Right. Is a, um, and then a few of them stayed over at the Dakota on the Sunday. Very nice. But like I, went home, aye. I was like, I need my own bed. Aye. <laughs> I'd have been straight into a bath in that hotel. Because if you put me in the Malmaison, good luck trying to get me out to go and walk the next day. That's the problem. You need to put me in a wee daft B&B or something. Yeah, that was the problem. Because, well, to be fair, though, the hotel was roasting. And I was just was like, it? oh, get me out of here. Did they, were you drinking or anything? 
Um, there was always the intention. They were all like, ah, let's have a good party and where can we go? It's Friday night in Dundee. And then they all like trapped door to quarter to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally never saw them. Everybody just done him. Yeah. When, see when you're doing something like that, what's, your, what's kind of going through your mind? Are you just chatting about general stuff and having a laugh? Or are you thinking that you're in that mindset of why I'm doing it and does it then... It must feel like a bit of a therapy session. It must be a wee bit traumatic at times. You must go yeah. through like a roller coaster. Yeah, there's a huge element of it because of, well, like I said, you know, there's three full days of kind of eight hour days you're walking with the same people. Aye. But because of the nature of the walk, you can't ever walk with, you know, in a big group. So you do kind of tail off and people came and joined us along the way, which was brilliant. Oh, Seeing a lovely. fresh face. Um, like my partner came along, my sister, my niece came along, like my auntie was there, my uncle was there, my dad, he got work um, cars, he works for Arnold Clark and they provided two support cars. So Brilliant. we could get up, we didn't need to worry about logistics. Mm. Um, so yeah, things like that were brilliant. But I think during it, I was very much focused on, right, I've trained for four months on this. I'm just getting through it. And it's not until the end, like, so my auntie was walking the last wee bit with me. She's like, I'm really proud of you. And I was like, nope, <laughs> no, no, no nice things. You know, like my friend behind me, she's going, come on, walk faster. You know, you're not walking fast. I was like, that's what I need. Because um, you couldn't really think of the emotional side of it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the emotions came after it. But I, there was a lot of, it was just power through. Just like, that's probably how I it's challenging deal enough. with things. Yeah. It's challenging enough as it is, isn't it? Yeah. To, to be doing that and the mental strain without adding on, oh, by the way, here's this other thing that is going to yeah. stir up a lot of emotion. By the emotion. way, your mum's looking down, you're like, shut up! <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> Thanks very much, um, but no! <laughs> so you would need somebody to counteract that. I'd say, nah, I'm sure she's bored by now, man. She probably watched the first few hours. But <laughs> exactly! She's like, right, come on, just hurry up and walk faster, you know? There's but... other things on. How did you wind down Like when you when you did get back up the road? Um, we got home on the Sunday and it was just a matter of like just going lie on my bed, you know, and mm. I just I couldn't actually. That's all I had wanted to be on because you don't sleep when you're in these things. No. You're always thinking about the next day, or you're waking up, you're in a strange bed, or you know, just. I so I was just needing needing a good rest, and then we just kind of chilled out. And to be honest, I felt fine. Mm. I think our training had really paid off. How do you train for that? You're like, right, I'm going to stick on Eye the Tiger and go for a walk around the block. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Were you watching us? <laughs> to be honest, well, it was quite funny. My sister-in-law and I would walk anyway, every week. Right, and yeah. We'd just go out for a walk, a kind of four-mile walk, and mm. then you're out for an hour, done. And I had said to her, right, so I've been roped into something. And even when he first said it, I was going, right, I'd love to do one day. Yeah. Maybe two if I can. Because um, I'd done the moonwalk previously which is the marathon through um, in Edinburgh. You start at midnight. It's for oh, breast cancer. All right, smash it. And um, you do it through the night and everyone wears their bras and like all the men wear bras and you decorate <laughs> them all. And right, it's just about, you're walking up the Royal Mile at three o'clock in the morning. Wow. This, I did this, not know that was a thing. Oh, well, it stopped now, but when did it, I mean, it was going on for years and it's all for Breast Cancer UK. Did you see the pure puzzled look in my face and you see the moonwalk and I'm picturing you dressed as Michael Jackson or something. Yeah, just walking 26 uh, miles backwards. I, I, <laughs> and I, I, I just had, I was like, what could this what possibly be? Well, that makes yeah. sense, moonwalk done at night. Yeah. Oh, that's so I remember doing that and then thinking, there's no way I could get up and do that again hmm. and then get up and then do it again. But I remember going home and saying to my partner and I was like, Stephen, I'm going to need to do this, eh? Like, it's for my mum. And he's like, ah, you need to do it. You need to do it all. <laughs> So I said to, to Kerry, 
And um, I said to her, right, so we're trying to do this 80 miles, started off at 100 miles. And she was like, oh, what, like cover 100 miles in the month of May. <laughs> and I was like, nope, nope, nope. It's more like in three days. And she was just like, oh, right, I'll do a day. And she just jumped in. Brilliant. And then about two weeks later, she's like, right, I'm going to do the whole thing. So I had my wee training buddy, which oh, was brilliant. She heard you were staying at Malmaison. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, where am I staying? <laughs> That's um, great. No, it was good. So you've got that person there and it's it's just, it's easier mm-hmm. to do that when we walk at the same pace. So you've, you know, it's it was an easy, easy training buddy, really. Yeah. You've um, 230k or 213? 230. 230. But off the back of this, we've, we're sitting at 22k at the moment. 22? Yeah. Wow. So we can safely say we've put in a quarter million into that fund. That is just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you must have your sights set in a million pounds. Oh my God. How the hell do we do that? And how long will it take us to get there? Well, do you know, <laughs> the time is going to pass anyway, isn't it? And a bit back then, if if you just said, if somebody told you, you put in a quarter of a million, would you have ever believed them? Never. It was never about the money. You know, the money was a bonus. Yeah. It was about bringing everyone together and it then became about a bit of a memory for my mum mm-hmm. but actually having the corporate backing from Barrett's has just elevated this yeah. and oh, I did say can we come back to just having a good night out <laughs> you know, know. <laughs> how many challenges <laughs> do I need to do but you know there has already been talk of potentially doing some sort of like charity night burn supper night that kind of thing yeah um, and I think my boss has kind of got it in his sights as well. You know, I think he's got the bit between his teeth in it. Aye, that's great, isn't it? It's, I mean, it just as you're kind of telling me, and I'm, it's it's bringing loads of things to my mind. But first of all, how much you can achieve if everybody kind of pulls together just in a yeah. wee bit, and how stronger and from from a fundraising perspective, but also from a community and sort of support perspective. Like, Absolutely, you're never alone. Yep, and I think sense. that. The, the walk, so there was like, there were guys there that had maybe gone out and done a 10 miler and they'd be basically been bullied into this, right? They've gone, you're doing this and you're doing all three days and, you know, you get to the end of day one and you think there's no way, there's no way they're getting up and doing this again and God love them, they got right through the whole thing yeah. and one of them just got over the end of the line and just sort of burst into tears and I thought that there is just pure wow. accomplishment, you know, it's yeah. just that sense of achievement of mile eight, in, I was dying, yeah. and I've just done 80. Aye. You know, that's just... That is, it's, it's huge. It is. Doing that as well, what seems like such an insurmountable, impossible task, is then you must look, or people will, and I bet you will and your boss will, over the coming while, an ideal pop in your head that will seem so far-fetched, and you're like, well, it's just a couple of... a bit more effort than what we just did, so we can we can get it done, and yep. more people will come with you, and... I mean, I, I take it the donation link is still open. Donation link's still there. Um, I'll, be, I'll chuck my donation in. Where can we find it? Um, it's, at, it's it's on Just Given. Um, I'll, it's just, I'm sure it's like justgiven.com forward slash branch to branch or something. I'll send you over. Yeah, as is the weekly cliche. You'll find the link to that in the, pod, the episode podcast notes uh, and you can go on. I would encourage you. Even if somebody's like, oh, I'm a bit, that's getting a bit tight this month. But a pound, if if every, let's say everybody puts a pound in, yeah. fiver, tenner, couple of quid, it all adds up, and it's going to this incredible research facility as well, uh, and also to provide the is it St John's, did you say yeah. the yep. provide the treatments? Yep. Do you ever go for any any treatments like that? By the way, um, not at, through the hospital, maybe, not through the hospital. I mean, in general, <laughs> yeah, I, just kidding about that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, can I come on? 
<laughs> yeah, no, in fact, we've actually got some booked at the, you know, the Emirates, you know, they've just done the refresh spa. Oh, have they? At the velodrome? At the velodrome. I did yeah. not know that. So it's lovely. It's got Magic. a big thermal pool. and Nice. Yeah, so they had a wee that. voucher, actually, so my sister-in-law and I are away. Lovely. Um, enjoy that the yeah. reason the reason i was asking is because i do and they're all amazing right. <laughs> and it's like so <laughs> that the, that'll probably bring like untold sort of comfort to people well that's it and again it's something that they probably don't have the luxury of going oh, i'll go to a spa and it's not like the top of your priority list is it either no. but it means so much to them when they're offered it mm-hmm. like that complimentary things yeah what if what's your relationship with, like with the edinburgh western because they must absolutely love you yeah, they do. In fact, one of the, the women who helps us set up the fund, she came along when she walked the last 14 miles with us. She brought, yeah, she brought along medals at the end. She got us all <laughs> sorted out with T-shirts. She brought along flowers and chocolates. And yeah, she was brilliant. Um, and they are really supportive of anything that they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's sort of personal connections there as well. Um, whether it's like my mum's friends, like they were, she, one of them was a research nurse there. So mm. there's been a lot of connections there. The ties are all so strong. It's mad. Buried. It really is. And it, it's also, my mum's surgeon actually came to the Cayley one year, just <laughs> after she died. And yeah. he was really nervous. He was like, oh, I don't really do public speaking. And we're like, you're like, you know, up on a pedestal for mm-hmm. us. And he just got up and kind of said how, thankfully as to everybody that what they're doing they're having mm. a good time yeah. but you're funding really key work i, I just see no doubt just I, I, believe me i can be a full-time hater at times and i try and find wee <laughs> holes and stuff and i'm like there's nothing it's just it's just such a positive brilliant fantastic thing to have that outlet and it, it really is in the forefront of my mind it's not lost on me just the uh yeah that it's a continuation of memory isn't it yeah and it's easy, I'm picking my words carefully here, it's easy for people, for others to forget about people. Obviously you don't when it's somebody so important to you and that again must just bring just indescribable sort of happiness or even comfort to know that your mum's always in the forefront of everybody's mind because yeah. of that legacy that she left is such an obviously unbelievable remarkable person yeah like, what a brilliant thing oh amazing and i mean my partner said look at the support that you've just brought everybody's come out to support us and i said yeah. but that's not me i said that's my mum it's both of you you know and, and it is both of us and i know that but it's started from her yeah you know and it is because she just had this positivity and yeah but she started it in that that very impactful significant first couple of years but then that 15 years it follows it or 17 years is it yeah well, but yeah with 15 years it follows 15 yeah, years so, you've yeah. um oh so she started 17 years yeah. ago um but for that 15 years that's you and that everybody around you that's thing with that yeah. so it's i understand why you would be magnanimous or humble about it but i'd also say like well i bet you everybody would agree with me in saying that you deserve so much credit for thank of, you uh, yeah that feels I'll say thank you because I've been told I'm rubbish at taking compliments but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's one of those things that you go no no it's just what I'm doing but then yeah you yeah. do sit back and reflect and go yeah, you've actually you've achieved a lot yeah you know? and uh, the fact that so many people are willing to come out and help show the esteem in which you must be held and and your mum was held as well yeah. I got a lovely message from one of the girls that I work with on the Monday night and she said Jenny I've never been part of this before I've never been part of something like this she was like I'm really privileged mm. to have been part of this and 
you know, I just thought, and she said, oh, you're a credit to your family. Your family are all amazing. And I mm. thought, how lovely is yeah, that? Nice, that she put herself through hell on the Saturday. You know, <laughs> she was literally walking like, she was the youngest out of a lot of us. And she was walking like a 65-year-old woman. Yeah. Um, and she was like, loved every minute of it. And, um, and I thought, if that sparked something in anyone. Yeah. Whether it's awareness of the whole breast cancer thing, or whether it's awareness of fundraising, mm. whether it's just awareness of where the funds go yeah. then you've done your job <clears throat> inspiring them to go and do something else as well yeah so you never make the world a worse place by doing something with a positive intention do you absolutely or a, a sort of pure intention i think the the impact of that the, the ripple effect of that will go on for years and years and you probably will never know half it yeah which yeah. is partly in the beauty of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's there's like, something quite exciting about that, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, putting good stuff. I mean, I'm trying to get a, f a feeling as well for the energy and the Kayleigh, it must just, because everybody's there to give, whether it's love, support, friendship or money. Yep. I think it, this that the first couple of years between my mum and her sister, they knew every single person in that hall. And I thought, you know, where, where else can you have something like that that it's just, it, you know everyone personally on this big scale, and everybody's just there because they want to do well for those two people. Mm. I think that there's something lovely in that. There is. And just, yeah. There's, um, it kind of makes me think of what's that film? It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. When it's all about you're the richest person in the world if you've got friends and people care about you. And it's, yeah, it's definitely true. Yeah. Well, I'll make, make sure to you listening. Just give a wee click. Go and have a wee look on the Just Giving. Fling a couple of quid in there. It'll not do you any harm. <laughs> Like I say, it always, if you do something with pure intentions, it comes back to you tenfold. Um, as we kind of round up, final couple of questions I've got for you. So what is, you, I know you will be thinking of your next, your next sort of challenge. Are you going to share it? Or are you going to leave it as a surprise? There's a few things in the pipeline. I think we've kind of said every couple of years, you couldn't possibly do that every year or you'd just be committing to, you know, it's like half a year of your life that you're committing to training or, you know, doing whatever, but there's a few things in the pipeline. Magic. Um, yeah, we'll wait and see. I'm hoping at one point there will just be a big night when we can all go and just have a good drink and a good dance and, you know, raise some funds that way. And everyone can enjoy it. But um, yeah, I would imagine there'll be some more physical challenges too. Well, I was going to say I would love to get involved in a physical challenge, but you can shove that. But if you're having a party... <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, do you know I always think I would, I would love to get involved in stuff like that see, like doing challenges yeah. or walks or whatever because maybe sometimes I give myself a wee bit of an easy ride and it's yeah. like it'd be good to push yourself so it is good yeah. and yeah. it's it's good to push yourself out of the comfort zone I That's mean well it. I've said that about today as well this is very much out of my comfort zone but uh, yeah if you can go and just speak to one other person that doesn't mm -hmm. know about it or yeah. that would want to come and support you know any other ideas that mm -hmm. anyone wants to get involved with open to that get in touch well, i can i can share what do you want me to share your social media so people can get in touch in yeah, fact pe that. people probably will want to tend to find that when it's a subject matter like this yeah people like to just say yes yeah, so i'll share you where's best instagram twitter instagram probably yeah, yeah. Not on instagram you probably for the best by the way it's yeah horrible. No, it's horrible that's why i'm like nope don't like that nasty can i see anything man without getting dogs abuse yeah um no this this has been great thanks very much for no, having me that's been it's been a, my absolutely my pleasure and I, I wish you all the best with future fundraising thank you here's in, in memory of your mum absolutely and that's, that's what it's all about yeah magic well thanks and thank you as always for listening and we'll be back next time with another episode of Blethered cheers <laughs> <laughs>